Let's jump into some word here real quick. We've been talking about a series called Who is This God or Who is God? And we've been taking uh, and looking at the various ways God reveals himself in his word. Uh, I know we, we know the, the normal ones, Abba, Daddy, Papa, you know, we know Jehovah, but we've been looking at some, uh, some ones you may not have heard of, like El Yeshuatini, <laughs> the Lord is our righteousness. Uh, the last one we looked at was the Lord is our salvation. Today is an exciting one. And when I started putting this together, I didn't realize, or it was, it was in the back of my mind, but I didn't realize today was Pentecost Sunday. Uh, I mean, I knew it, it just when I was putting this together, it wasn't what I was thinking. And so before we get into this name, I want you to go to Nehemiah chapter 9, and we're going to look at verse 32, and I'm reading out of the Names of God translation. Now, you know, I've been going to some Messianic Jewish Bibles to read some of these, and so this one is another one of those sacred name Bibles. In uh, Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 32 I love how it writes it here. It says, and now our Elohim, you are great, mighty, and awe-inspiring El. Now we've looked over this several weeks, what El means. El is the one who has all power, all, all power, all authority. It's more than just God. It, it, it encompasses how much authority that he has. But I love what it says here. It says, you are great, mighty, awe-inspiring El. You faithfully keep your promises. Do not consider the hardships that we have been going through as unimportant. What a verse for today. I didn't know all this was coming. He did. He said, don't consider. He said, God, you're great. You're mighty. You're awe-inspiring. You always keep your promises. Don't look at the hardships we are going through as unimportant. The hardships have come to our kings, our leaders, our priests, our prophets, ancestors, and all your people from the time of the king of Assyria until now. And in that verse, we get another name of God. In that verse, we find the name El Hanorah. You say, I've never heard of that. I hope you haven't. Then I don't need to be here. <laughs> El Hanorah means our God is awesome. <laughs> El Hanorah, he, he is great, he is mighty, he is awe-inspiring. And in those three words, when we look at great and mighty, it's that Hanorah. You are El Hanorah. My God is amazing. He's awesome. He's all that we could ever hope for, all that we could ever imagine. He is the answer that we need right now. We don't need another answer. He is the only thing that we need. Well, that's cool. God is awesome. We used to sing that way back in the late 80s, didn't we? Rich Mullins. Our God but according to the Oxford American Writers Thesaurus, do you know what awesome really means? Here's words that go with awesome. I think they'll be on your screen. 
They mean awesome. It means breathtaking, awe-inspiring, magnificent, wonderful, amazing, stunning, staggering, imposing, stirring, impressive, formidable, fearsome, dreaded, mind-boggling, mind-blowing, jaw-dropping is your God. That is, when we say El Hanorah, our God is awesome, what we are saying is that our God is breathtaking. He is awe-inspiring. He is magnificent. He is wonderful. He is amazing. He is stunning. He is staggering. He might be imposing, but he's also stirring. And he is so impressive and formidable and fearsome and even dreaded at times, but he is mind-blowing. Mind-boggling, jaw-dropping. That is the God you serve. That's the one who's in charge today. That's the one who's got all of us in his hands and in his care. I believe it's time he blows our mind again. (laughs) I think we forget, Steve, who we serve. Oh, sure, he got us out of hell. But there's so much more. Go to Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah understood this God. This is where we find El a lot. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 5 out of the NIV. <coughs> he says, Lord, the God of heaven and the great awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keeps his commandments. He keeps his covenant of love. What Nehemiah was saying, he said, Lord God of heaven, my breathtaking God, my awe-inspiring God, my magnificent God, my wonderful God, my amazing, stunning, staggering, imposing, stirring, impressive Formidable, fearsome, dreaded, mind-boggling, mind-blowing, jaw-dropping God. You imagine you start your prayers out this way from now on. He's not the ATM that we just stick our prayer card in and hope we haven't overdrawn and that he's already done too much for us. No, when we go before God, we go before him understanding that he's ready to blow your mind. He's ready to boggle your thoughts. He is so magnificent, so impressive, going to do more for you than you ever thought you would ever see or have or happen in your life. He is a long way done with you. He's a long way done with, from a long way from being done with America. He is a long way from being done with the people of this earth. It is getting ready to blow your mind what God is getting ready to do. I got to slow down. <laughs> you start praying like this, you start praying to this God. <laughs> That's how you walk into your problems. You walk in and kick the door open. <laughs> Let me tell you, when they don't think it's going to come through, 
When you don't see that there's another way and you think that everything and all your avenues has already come up, he is mind-boggling, mind-stirring, jaw-dropping everything that you would ever hope to think or imagine. He has got laid up for you. I'm telling you, you'll kick the door wide open. This is why. This is why the Word says we come boldly before the throne of grace. Because we know who we serve. We forget who we serve. We forget who He is, what He is. He just becomes God. It's time He becomes magnificent. Jaw-dropping, mind-blowing. This is how you build your faith. Remember your God. Remember His names. Remember His names reveal His character. Philippians chapter 4. Why is God so awesome? Just because it's who he is. The disciples literal New Testament says this of Philippians 4.19. And my God, my amazing, my jaw-dropping, my mind-boggling, my magnificent, my fearsome, mine to be dreaded, my imposing God. The one who's going to blow my mind will fill up every need. Everybody say every. every. If, if you're in your family group and we're talking about all this social distancing stuff, so touch the person next to you and say every. every. If you ain't afraid, go ahead and touch the person beside of you and say Every. See, my mind-blowing, jaw-dropping, ever-loving, magnificent God who always keeps His covenant of love will fill up your every need. He will fill up your every need in accordance to His riches. We're not trying to get ahead on anything this world has to offer. It's not our jobs that get us ahead. It's not our government that gets us ahead. It's a mind-blowing, jaw-dropping, amazing, magnificent, wonderful God. I'm not waiting on this world's economy to fill my need. I'm waiting on Him to do it. Because when he does it, he's drawing from his treasure and not anybody else's. Mm. You got to know who you serve. If we know this guy, we know this God. I got I to calm down. Worship jacked me up and... Started thinking about this. This is like snorting a pixie stick or something. I'm just sugared out here. I don't know. <laughs> Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12 from the complete Jewish Bible, starting in verse 6. Are there not five, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God indeed the very hairs of your head are all numbered now look this is not a suggestion here this is not a if you don't mind 
This is not is if they want you to wear a mask or not. He said, do not be afraid. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Sometimes things just get under my skin and I get afraid. That's because you forget he's jaw-dropping, mind-blowing, mind-boggling, awesome, wonderful, magnificent. Mm. See, if you know that God, all of a sudden everything else goes, huh, imagine that. Let's go get it. I hope y'all put holes in your doors this evening. (laughs) The hairs of your head are numbered. And if you've lost them, he still knows where the follicles are. (laughs) Do not be afraid. You're worth more than the sparrows. Jump down, verse 24. Same chapter, verse 24. Think about the ravens. They neither plant nor harvest. They have neither storerooms nor barns. They don't work for it. They ain't got nowhere to keep it. Yet God feeds them. Are you not worth more than the birds? Who feeds them? Elhanora. The jaw-dropping, mind-blowing, mind-boggling, awe-inspiring, wonderful, magnificent, fearful, dreaded God that you serve. And then he says, are you not worth more than them? Verse 25, here's the kicker. Can any of you by worrying add an hour to his life? Bobby McFerrin said it best. There you go. Don't worry. Be happy. I know it's going through your head right now. He said, you can't can't add your life. You can't increase your life. You can't do anything to make your life better by worrying. Well, why do I worry? Because I forgot. I served the awe-inspiring, magnificent, wonderful, jaw-dropping, mind-blowing, mind-boggling God. And when we forget that, that's when worry comes. Verse 26. If you can't do little things like that, why worry about the rest? Think about the wild irises and how they grow. They neither work nor spin thread. Yet I tell you, not even slow-mo. Odd name for Solomon, huh? In all his glory was clothed as beautifully as one of these. If this is how Elhanora, see, I can replace that name there. If this is how God clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and thrown in the oven tomorrow, how much more will he clothe you? Look at that last little bit. What little trust we have. Why? Because we have forgotten El Hanora. Oh, but you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know my God. See, how many of you know you can go on to heaven and still not know God? (laughs) Amen? Because some of us don't know this God. Some of us don't know the God that is our righteousness. 
So it's no longer my works that get me there, but his work that got me there. Some of us don't know that he is God's salvation, or he is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Or we don't under, remember that he is El Shaddai, the God, the multi-breasted one who amply supplies and supports and supplies more than enough. See, we can have a, a relationship and still not know him. It's like getting married. And you really think you know that person. Since I've got my daughter and her fiance right here. It's like getting married and then thinking, oh, I know them. You don't know somebody until you spend time with them. Well, we spend all that, all, all kinds of, you ain't lived with them yet. I know my wife so much more than I did 25 years ago. And it's the same way with God. We think, oh, I've accepted this reality of my salvation and I'm, I'm good to go. See, that, that's saying I do. <laughs> that's saying I do. Then the rest of it comes. Oh, and he wants you to know who he really is. He is El Hanorah. How do I respond? That's the last thing I'm going to leave with you. Now, I'm going to leave you with several more scriptures. We're going to cover them quick because I don't want you here all day. Not that I don't love you, but, you know. How do we respond to this kind of awesomeness? I ask me that all the time, Ted. I walk in the room and say, how do you respond to this kind of awesomeness? <laughs> And I thought about that. How, does, how am I supposed to? Well, what do you mean this kind of awesomeness? We're going to read Isaiah 40 here in a minute. But yeah, let's just go there now, Bobby. Isaiah 40, 25. To whom then will you liken El Hanorah? Or what likeness do you compare? What likeness do we compare him to? What likeness can we find that is breathtaking, awe-inspiring, magnificent, wonderful, amazing, stunning, staggering, imposing, stirring, impressive, formidable, fearsome, dreaded, mind-boggling, mind-blowing, and jaw-dropping? What do I compare that to? He said that's his name. Well, let's go Isaiah 40, verse 10. Isaiah 40, verse 10. Behold, the Lord shall come with a strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work is before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. Everybody say, that's me. We're his flock. You are the sheep of his pastures, and this is his response. How do I respond to this? He says, I will feed you. So what you worried about? I'll supply all your needs. So why are you staying awake at night? Rubbing your hands together. Trying to figure it all out. He will gather the lambs with his arms and carry them with his bosom and gently lead those who are with him. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? You know what the hollow of your hand is? Now I want you to understand something. When we say waters, we think the water on the earth. It's not all the water in the universe. He measured all the waters. Anybody know what the hollow of your hand is? Go like this. 
It's that little deep pocket right there. He says, all the waters in all the universe, I measure in that little tiny spot in my hand, and you're worried if I can meet your need? Planets filled with ice in our universe. What is ice? Thank you. Somebody over here knew that. rest of you will. I don't know. He, all of it's measured right there. He says he measures the waters in the hollow of his hand. He measured the heaven. Now that's called the cosmos. All of it. With the span of his hand. God said, how big shall I make the universe? Not that big. And you're worried about your little need. And he calculated the dust of the earth in a measure. He even measured the dust of the earth. Weighed the mountains in the scale and hills in a balance. Verse 21 of Isaiah 40. How do, I, how, do I, how do I respond to this, Ted? How do I respond to this kind of God? He said in verse, 40, in verse 21, he said, Have you not known? Have you not heard? It has been told you from the beginning have you not understood from the foundation of the earth it is he who sits above the circle of the earth and the inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in he said here I'll let you live under go out tonight Look up in the sky. Look at the stars and know that he spread that out as a tent for you to live under. How do I respond to this guy? What do I do? We come to worship. And our worship is wavy. I don't know. It's just, Sing the right songs and I'll feel good. I'll get the right goosebumps. Somebody should look at you and just say Jesus and it should drive you nuts. That's why I love Sandy Fowler. Stand next to her. She'll get drunk. You'll get drunk. And everybody feels good. This is the kind of God that we, we're not responding to this God. I don't know what God we've been responding to, but we're not responding to this one. If it is, it would cause our worship to look totally different. In Psalms 33, don't go there yet, but in verse 6, because I want to read them here in a minute. In Psalms 33, in verse 6, it says, you know, science says that the, the universe is expanding. It's not getting smaller, it's getting bigger. Well, Psalms 33, in verse 6, he talks about he breathes out stars. You know why the universe keeps expanding? Because he keeps breathing. <laughs> Why does he keep expanding it? To give you a bigger tent to live under. Take that one home. And <laughs> We're not responding to this God. Isaiah, back to Isaiah 46, verse 26, from the names of God. He said, look at the sky and see who created these things. Who brings out the stars one by one and calls them by name I know we have names for stars in our galaxy we're talking a universe here when he breathed out a star he said well, wait a minute 
I got to name you first. Before I can set you in place, I have to name you. And before he set you in place, he put a name on you. In heaven, you're already named. And it's not the names your parents slapped on your birth certificate. But you don't know the only name he cares to call you? Son. Daughter. If that's my father, I'm not responding to my daddy right. It'd be like somebody having a multi-billionaire daddy. You think they ever worry about what is going to happen? Do you think our president's children ever grew up worried about their next meal or worried about their light payment or worried about their cars? Your daddy's bigger than him. Your daddy's bigger. We're responding to the wrong God here. He said he brings them out and he calls them one by one and calls them by name because of the greatness of his might and the strength of his power. Not one of them goes missing. Now, let's jump over to Psalms 33. I'm almost done. Psalms 33, verse 18. I, I, hope, I, hope, I really hope your mind gets blown by the bigness of your God. Psalms 33, verse 18. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope for his mercy, to deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. When you pray, we need to start praying to El Hanora. He, he's, because he's the one that keeps me alive in famine. Oh, I'm worried about this and I'm worried about that. Why? Do you know whom you serve? Or do we just have this idea of this God who barely makes it and that the world is spinning out of control and it's going to hell in a handbasket? Or do we serve a God that from the foundation of the earth, from the foundation of the universe, spread it out as a tent for you to live under and promise that he will never, ever let you out of his sight. This is the God you serve. Psalm 65, verse 5. By awesome deeds in righteousness, you will answer us. O God of our salvation, you who are the confidence of all the ends of the earth as far off and of the far off seas. Now skip down to verse 11. You crown the year with your goodness. Well, 2020 has been awful. 2020 has been crowned with his goodness. Why? Because it was created for you. Today the sun came up for you. Tonight the moon will rise for you. The stars will come out for you. The wind blows for you. The, the rain comes for you. The year is crowned with his goodness. We act like this took God by surprise. Oh, another pandemic. God, did you see this? I'm, I'm sorry, I, didn't, I just didn't. I didn't know this was coming. I don't know where this came from. I don't know what happened. I really, I'm trying, I'm scrambling up here, trying to figure out a way to meet your need. I'm trying to get this thing out so that I can take care of you. We don't know who we serve. 
Because <laughs> the ultimate stimulus package. Because when 2020 came, he put his crown of goodness on it. Well, it don't feel good. Then maybe we're not praying to the right God. Uh-oh. Verse 12, I'm, I'm trying. They drop on the pastures of the wilderness like little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys are covered with grain. They shout for joy and they also sing. How do I respond to that? How do, I, how do we respond to this God? I've not done it real well because there's times when I just didn't feel like it. It was hard. It was tough. Things were difficult. But then when I look back, that was Psalm 65. It tells us how good he is. I'm going to read this last set of scriptures out of two different translations and then we're going to do something for five minutes and 39 seconds. That's all I'm giving you. If you're watching by Facebook, right before the five minutes and 39 seconds says, you're blessed, we love you, but we have to turn it off. Find you a place to praise. You'll get it here in a minute. That was Psalm 65 I just read. Psalm 66 tells us how to respond. Psalm 66, make a joyful shout. <laughs> well, if you feel like it, make a joyful shout. If it's not out of your comfort zone, make a joyful shout. No, he said make a joyful shout all the earth. Everybody, feel beside of you. You're in the earth. You're here. He said, make a, I don't do stuff like that. He said, make a joyful shout, all the earth. He says, sing out of the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, this is, this is the, how I respond. Say to God, how awesome, mind-blowing, jaw-dropping, staggering, wonderful, imposable. Oh, you blow my mind. How awesome are your works. Through the greatness of your power, your enemies shall submit themselves to you. One translation says your enemies will cower like dogs. <laughs> they shall sing praises to your name. Salah. You know what Salah means? Think about this. Ponder on this. Let it sink in. Verse 5. Come and see. The works of God. How mind-blowing, mind-boggling, jaw-dropping, magnificent, wonderful, fearsome, dreaded, awe-inspiring is His works. He is awesome. 
in his doing toward the sons of men. There you go. There's your pattern to how to respond to God. Next Sunday, that's your pattern. Ron's not up there to prime your pump. Some of you might know what priming the pump is. Some of you may not. I want to read that same set of scriptures. Reese, you got that song queued up? And we're, no, don't play it yet, Bubba. But when I'm done, I want, Ron, I want Reese or Ron, whichever one's back here, to play this song. Five minutes and 39 seconds. We ain't even at 12 o'clock yet. I want to read these to you from the message paraphrase. The message says, all together now, applause for God. (laughs) Sing songs to the tune of his glory. Oh, sing songs to the tune of his glory. Mm. Set glory to the rhythms of his praise. Say to God, we've never seen anything like you. Ah, Oh, we've never seen anything like him. When your enemies see you in action, they slink off like scattered, scolded dogs. The whole earth falls to its knees. It worships you. It sings to you. It can't stop enjoying your name and your fame. Ah! Take a good look. Stay on your feet. Stand up. Take a good look at God's wonders. They will take your breath away. Reese, one of you kill those lights. Facebook, we love you. Find somewhere to praise. We're going to take five minutes and 39 seconds 